1: I'm glad you're here. I think this will be an important program for you. You know, we talk a lot, and I've written a lot, about the evisceration of our constitutional order. That the progressive statists reject the Constitution. They reject republicanism. They reject separation of powers, federalism. And you can see they even reject the Bill of Rights to some extent. And the reason is they reject individualism. Liberty is for individuals. Liberty is for individuals. And individualism is not defined by how much the government can give you. Liberty is not defined by how much you can lobby the government. Liberty is defined by this circle of unalienable rights that is around each and every one of us at birth. It's humanity. Mark, what does this have to do with anything? It has to do with everything. Our Constitution was set up to protect the individual in an ordered society. Our Constitution is the manifestation, the governing manifestation of the Declaration of Independence. What you're seeing play out in front of you is the consequence of the unmooring from our constitutional order. That is, you're seeing post-constitutionalism. It's always been interesting to me, and I've studied this for decades, how Marxists, socialists, whatever they call themselves, can talk about the people's revolution. Doing this and that for the people, when in fact, they're all about centralized, autocratic, iron-fisted government. Elites, who they call experts. Remaking society. They do not like a messy society where individuals are off pretty much doing what they want to do. Because utopianism is achieved by the experts, by the masterminds. Ordering society. Mark, I still don't know what this has to do with anything. Stay with me, please. When you have the centralization of government, and I haven't written this down, I'm just telling you as it is. When you have the centralization of government, you have the government more and more making decisions. And you have the government more and more making decisions about everything. Big things and small things. Minute and huge. We have a massive administrative state that does that every day. We also have elements within our country that have gotten incredibly strong, much stronger, much more muscular than the framers ever imagined, and that's our courts, especially the Supreme Court. When you have the centralization of power, and when you have more and more decisions being made by the court, by entities within the federal government. Then there's a lot at stake, isn't there? When the federal government's making decisions. The 50 states, the territories, are much less important, much less influential. As the central government gets stronger and stronger and more and more ubiquitous... You can't escape it. When the federal government makes a decision, it doesn't matter what state you move to. You can't escape it. It's a winner-take-all situation, like abortion, like Obamacare, whatever the issue is. It's a winner-take-all. That's not at all what the Constitution created And so in many respects, we have a post-constitutional government, a post-constitutional Supreme Court, and on and on and on. We absolutely do, and I've talked about that at length. I've written about it at length. So what you're watching now is the breakdown of the constitutional order in the United States Senate respecting the Supreme Court. And what's interesting about this is the institution of the United States Senate— as it sits today, is not what the Constitution created. It's not what the Constitution created. You had this progressive movement that became especially strong in its earliest period, the turn of the last century, the early 1900s, as it was building in the late 1800s. And you have the 16th Amendment, the federal income tax, which was always a desired result for the hard left and then you have the 17th amendment which utterly destroyed the United States Senate Senators are elected the way members of the House are elected no they're six year terms of course but they're elected by the people of the state the Senate has no actual purpose anymore oh I understand treaties and so forth that's not my point in terms of its fundamental foundational purpose It's been bastardized. The Senate collectively was supposed to represent the states collectively in the Federal Congress. Two members from each state. States would determine how they're chosen. They can be elected by the people, although a very few were. They can be selected by the state legislatures. Most of them were. But this so-called populism movement... And the progressive movement eliminated that. And so you have this kind of pure democracy as opposed to republicanism when it comes to the United States Senate. And you see the consequences of that. You also see the consequences in another institution, the United States Supreme Court. The United States Supreme Court, even though some of my constitutionalists and conservative friends heatedly disagree with me, I've written about this. In the Marbury versus Madison decision, the Supreme Court seized power. ...seized power from the other federal branches. Jefferson knew immediately what took place... ...as did other individuals who who believed in diversified uh, government. You have libertarians today that argue strongly in favor of... ...Madison versus Marbury. And when you really read the case and you know the history of it... ...it's a bastardization, not only of the Constitution... But the party's involved. There's no way Marshall, Chief Justice Marshall, should have been involved in that decision. I'm not going to go down that road right now. I'm just, I'm just explaining that the Supreme Court's power today is far beyond anything that was contemplated by the framers of the Constitution, and certainly the ratifiers in the states. The states were still very suspicious of the central government. And the Constitution almost was not ratified in Massachusetts, in New York. And in Virginia. Hence the Federalist Papers. The advocates for it. Two of them from New York. One of them from Virginia. John Jay. Hamilton. And Madison. And they honestly believed that they had created a a governing system. That would protect the American people. Not just from monarchy. But from mob rule. And more and more we are both. With the permanent government in Washington, D.C. and the lifetime appointees on the Supreme Court and mob rule because of the, the unraveling of our Republican, little r, Republican system. So you see the development of these factions And the faction on the left has become extremely violent, extremely aggressive. Whether it's restaurants or airports, whether it's Antifa or Black Lives Matter, before that, other movements in the 1960s, the Weather Underground, and the association between these radical elements and members elected members of the Democrat Party is really quite shocking. Absolutely shocking. And the association between them and most of our media is unconscionable. Absolutely unconscionable. This is why the Constitution is so important, and this is why Republicanism is so important. And the left keeps trying to destroy them. One of the reasons, if not the main reason, that you see the, the obliteration of the confirmation process when it comes to the Supreme Court, one of the reasons you see it is because Kavanaugh has professed, he has declared that he's a constitutionalist. The enemy of the progressive statist, the enemy of the Democrat leadership in Washington, the enemy of the Democrat Senate members on the Judiciary Committee, is the Constitution, truth be told. That's why they always talk about precedent, not the text of the Constitution, not the original meaning of the Constitution. That's why they always declare that our original documents, our founding document and our governing document, are really illegitimate in many ways, you see, because... Too many of the people who were involved in the process were slaveholders. Therefore, they are to be dismissed or used in order to advance their destruction and the cause of progressivism. Again, you're seeing this play out in the United States Senate. Not to the extent we're discussing it here intellectually, but this is the consequence. Factions. Uh, defamation. Violence. Violence. Now, we're going to take a look at exactly what I'm talking about when we return. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Lubin.
1: So the Founding Fathers gave this a lot of thought. They gave it a lot of thought, and... In Federalist 9, Hamilton touches on this issue of faction. And the issue is very uh, thoroughly discussed in Federalist 10 by Madison. Now, I know for most audiences, they're going to run away and do something else, but not my audience. I know why you're here. Because you're smart. You love your country. And the faction I'm talking about, we're up against this force, ladies and gentlemen. You and I... We revere this country, we revere our declaration, we revere our constitution. We revere individual liberty, we revere capitalism and private property rights. We revere our national sovereignty and our culture, just as the people who founded this country did. And they are under attack relentlessly, as are we. We are mocked, we are accused of things we are not, we are hated. We are at loggerheads in this country by a group of people who do want to fundamentally transform it and those of us who do not. We don't mind change in your individual life, even change if it's generic in society. But by change, what this other force means is tyranny, centralization, control, power, That's not change, that's totalitarianism. Now when these men, these white men, sat down to write the Constitution of the United States, they wrote the Constitution to protect all the people. The Constitution, despite what you've heard, does not promote slavery. It controls government. The Bill of Rights, adopted by the first Congress, and ratified by the states. There's not a word in there about slavery. There's not a word in there about race. It's all about the individual being protected against the central government. I don't have enough time to get into Federalist 10 right now, but I will after the bottom of the hour. These are very daunting and bleak times, and I don't think Even so-called conservatives in the media fully comprehend this. Because we're getting the same kind of reporting and media day in and day out, day in and day out. And the American people aren't learning anything. The American people aren't hearing anything. We need to remind our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends and our family that these documents belong to them. They belong to them, not to the people who seek to rule us. They don't belong to these various left-wing causes. They don't belong to women to the exclusion of men. They don't belong to white people to the exclusion of black people. They belong to all of us. We're caught in this this radical, progressive status vortex, where everything is defined by their agenda. Everything is defined by their language. We have a media in this country, largely, with few exceptions, which is also totalitarian in nature. Oh, yes, they are. You've watched them. You see them. They're propagandists. They advance an agenda. They're narcissistic. Jake Tapper can't get on these night shows fast enough. He announced that we need to hear from more women and less men. He's a man who has a TV show every weeknight. Has he given up his chair to a woman? How about Wolf Blitzer? How about Don Lemon? No. These comments by a so-called journalist are buffoonish, but they play into the narrative. They play into the narrative. You can't tell one of these late-night so-called comedians from a host on MSNBC or CNN. You can't tell an op-ed writer and a columnist in many cases from reporters at the Washington Post and the New York Times. And there's a reason for this. Because they're advancing an agenda. And they are undermining the whole notion of republicanism. So we'll address this issue of factions when we return. 833 Ring BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code Levin. That's brickhouse, L E V I N.com, or call 833 Ring BHN, promo code Levin.
2: Liberty's voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811.
1: Let's take a look at the warning that we were provided by some of these great men. And in this case, Federalist 10. And uh, this would be Madison. To the people of the state of New York. Among the numerous advantages promised by a well-constructed union, none deserves to be more accurately developed than its tendency to break and control the violence of faction. The friend of popular governments never finds himself so much alarmed by their character and fate as when he contemplates their propensity to this dangerous vice. He will not fail, therefore, to set a due value on any plan which, without violating the principles to which he is attached, provides a proper cure for it. The instability, injustice, and confusion introduced into the public councils have, in truth, been the mortal diseases under which popular governments have everywhere perished, as they continue to be the favorite and fruitful topics from which the adversaries to liberty derive their most specious declamations. The valuable improvements made by the American constitutions, that is the state constitutions, on the popular models, both ancient and modern, cannot certainly be too much admired. But it would be an unwarrantable uh, partiality to contend that they have as effectually obviated the danger on this side as was wished and expected. Complaints are everywhere heard from our most considerate and virtuous citizens equally the friends of public and private faith and of public and personal liberty that our governments are too unstable, that the public good is disregarded in the conflicts of rival parties and that measures are too often decided, not according to the rules of justice and the rights of the minor party, but by the superior force of an interested and overbearing majority. However, anxiously we may wish that these complaints had no foundation. The evidence of known facts will not permit us to deny that they are in some degree true. It will be found, indeed, on a candid review of our situation that some of the distresses under which we labor have been erroneously charged on the operation of our governments. But it will be found at the same time that other causes will not alone account for many of our heaviest misfortunes, and particularly, for that prevailing and increasing distrust of public engagements, an alarm for private rights, which are echoed from one end of the continent to the other. These must be chiefly, if not wholly, effects of the unsteadiness and injustice with which a factious spirit has tainted our public administration. Stay with me. By a faction, I understand a number of citizens, whether amounting to a majority or minority of the whole, who are united and actuated by some common impulse of passion or of interest adverse to the rights of other citizens or to the permanent and aggregate interests of the community. There are two methods of curing the mischiefs of faction the one by removing its causes. Bring my computer back. The one by removing its causes, the other by controlling its effects. There are again two methods of removing the causes of faction. The one by destroying the liberty, which is essential to its existence. The other by giving to every citizen the same opinions, the same passions, and the same interests. It could never be more truly said than of the first remedy that it was worse than the disease. Liberty is to faction what air is to fire an ailment without which it instantly expires. But it could not be less folly to abolish liberty, which is essential to political life, because it nourishes faction, than it would be to wish the annihilation of air, which is essential to animal life, because it imparts to fire its destructive agency. The second expedient is as impracticable as the first would be unwise. As long as the reason of man continues fallible and he is at liberty to exercise it, different opinions will be formed. As long as the connection subsists between the reason and his self-love, his opinions and his passions will have a reciprocal influence on each other and the former will be objects to which the latter will attach. The diversity in the faculties of men from which the rights of property originate. It's not less an insuperable obstacle to a uniformity of interests. The protection of these faculties is the first object of government. From the protection of different and unequal faculties of acquiring property, the possession of different degrees and kinds of property immediately results, and from the influence of these on the sentiments and views of the respective proprietors. they ensures a division of society Into different interests and parties. Now he goes on, you can see how brilliant these men are. Now, what's he getting at? He says, This is the nature of man. These factions, these passions, this is the nature of man. The latent causes of faction are thus sown in the nature of man. And we see them everywhere brought into different degrees of activity according to the different circumstances of civil society. A zeal for different opinions concerning religion, concerning government, and many other points, as well as of speculation as a practice, an attachment to different leaders ambitiously contending for preeminence and power, or to persons of other descriptions whose fortunes have been interesting to the human passions have in turn divided mankind into parties, like political parties, inflamed them with mutual animosity, and rendered them much more disposed to vex and oppress each other than to cooperate for their common good. So strong is this propensity of mankind to fall into mutual animosities that where no substantial occasion presents itself, the most frivolous and fanciful distinctions have been sufficient to kindle their unfriendly passions and excite their most violent conflicts. But the most common and durable source of factions has been the various and unequal distribution of property. Those who hold and those who are without property have ever formed distinct interests in society. Those who are creditors, those who are debtors, fall under a like discrimination a landed interest, a manufacturing interest, a mercantile interest, a moneyed interest, with many lesser interests grow up of necessity in civilized nations and divide them into different classes, actuated by different sentiments and views. The regulation of these various and interfering interests forms the principal task of modern legislation and involves the spirit of party and faction in the necessary and ordinary operations of the government. No man is allowed to be a judge in his own case. And it goes on. Now, what is the solution? As I now move on from Federalist 10, what is the solution? They say if there is a solution, it is republicanism. That the cancer is democracy and the pure the worst. Because that leads to mobocracy and anarchy. And ultimately autocracy. And so you see, ladies and gentlemen, defending the Constitution. They explain what they've done. In order to present this faction which they viewed as a cancer. We've created divided government. A divided federal government and a federal government with divided powers with the states. A federal government with specific enumerated powers and all the other governing powers left to the states. Why? Why? Because you have a diverse people, a diverse geography, a diverse pre-colonial history, and diverse populations. And the way you bring them together. Is to not. May I say molest. Their diversity. That is attack their diversity. It's to celebrate it. And you celebrate it. By creating this. This national entity. And yet by controlling it with checks and balances, with enumerated powers, by controlling the factions. And how do you control the factions? You heard Madison. Well, you don't destroy liberty. You create a government that is not a government based on pure democracy. You see, the founders of this country feared little d democracy as much as they feared monarchy. Monarchy. Because neither respects the individual. Neither respects unalienable rights. Government is a necessity. But it's not the priority. Individual liberty is. So they created this this brilliant document, this Constitution, to protect each and every one of you. These imperfect men as all men are, as all human beings are, created the greatest governing document mankind has ever known. And then we have this force, this opposite force, that is literally destroying the greatest document mankind has ever known. The greatest governing system mankind has ever known. A governing system that is set up To control itself. Let me repeat that. A governing system that is set up to control itself. With checks and balances. Specific powers. Authority left to the states and the people. And yet we have this force imported from Germany. They call themselves progressives. All tyrannical movements call themselves something they are not the People's Republic, the People's Revolution, the Progressive Movement, they're none of these things. They all overlap. And what gets into their way is the limitations that are placed on them through our Constitution. Our Constitution has a hell of a lot of barriers. If you are of a different mindset, Hegel, Marx, Engels, Rousseau. They're modern-day progeny. Bernie Sanders and his ilk. The Constitution is a problem. The Constitution needs to be destroyed while you claim to be supporting it. It needs to be destroyed. This is why they talk about precedent and they never talk about the text or the original meaning of the Constitution. This is why they trash the authors of the Constitution. And this is why we have what we have today. This is a battle that is much bigger than Brett Kavanaugh. He is the latest casualty, and he is a casualty, and I feel very bad for him and his family. What's taking place here is a national disgrace. And yet, and yet, This force has revealed itself. It's revealed itself in the media. It's revealed itself in academia. It's revealed itself in Congress. And it's revealed itself in Hollywood. These are totalitarian objectives. This is a totalitarian mindset that you're seeing. Due process is thrown out the window. Presumption of innocence is thrown out the window. No evidence, no witnesses, no corroboration is necessary. Hang him. Politically hang the man. Or as I've been saying, throw him to the lions. Like the Roman Colosseum. And we are losing this fight. They've destroyed much of the Constitution. We go through the motions. The courts go through the motions. Members of Congress swear to uphold it. But in many respects, we go through the motions as we live in a continually growing, centralized autocracy. I'll be right back.
3: love,
0: in.
1: The truth about most home security companies, they're like dealing with another bad cable company, frankly. You spend hours waiting around for technicians, hours on the phone to get questions answered. And then when you're at your limit, you remember, I'm locked into this damn thing for three years under my contract. Now, if you're looking to protect your home and family, go with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is real, comprehensive protection, beautifully designed to look good in your home. And using it makes your home safer. Simply Safe has backups in place to keep you safe, protecting your home even if you lose power or internet, or if someone attacks the system itself, by the way. Best of all, you get 24 7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch, just $15 a month. And unlike other home security companies, Simply Safe has no long term contract. It's the best around the clock protection you can find. Get 10% off Simply Safe today at simplysafemark.com. And you'll also get free shipping and free returns. That's simplysafemark.com for 10% off your Simply Safe home security system, simplysafemark.com. Now, folks, I have the utmost respect, enormous respect for your intelligence. This is why I take this program where no other people will go. This is why I've tried to take my Fox program where no other people would go. And this is why we've taken Levin TV where no other people will go and my books. I don't have to dumb down things for you because you're smarter than I am and you're smarter than most people. Doesn't have to be by education. Could be by experience or just you have a you have a good noodle. That's it. But I'm telling you. These things you're feeling today, these things you're thinking today, these concerns you have today are absolutely meritorious. They're exactly the same concerns that James Madison had, that Alexander Hamilton had, who the Libs now, they have a play, they think he represents them, he would reject them in two seconds. That Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, all these great men who created this This government had the same concerns back then that you have today. Aristotle had the same concerns back then that you have today. Cicero, the same concerns back then that you have today. Locke, Montesquieu, same thing. Same thing. Edmund Burke, Adam Smith, same thing. The men of the Enlightenment. Before the Enlightenment, after the Enlightenment, you stand with them. They, the other crowd, that force, they stand with darkness, with bleakness. They stand with Marx and Engels and Hegel and Rousseau and all the rest of them, and they hate when I say it. What are you accusing me of? Exactly what I said. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts Panel on the side.
0: Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The media will not stop. The media are not only participants in, but they are leading the character assassination charge. The New York Times now has a huge story out there trashing the president of the United States, his finances, his early investments, all timed, of course, uh, for the midterm elections. The New York Times, uh, which, as you know, if you listen to this program during the 1930s and 40s, did everything they could to hide the Holocaust from the American people. The New York Times has conducted itself all the time, but in particular during the Trump years, as basically a yellow sheet for the left. Even publishing an op-ed by Anonymous. Now they go back after the president's finances to give the rest of the media something to talk about. That's what they do. Because it'll be picked up by the rest of the media, these lazy, moronic buffoons dressed up as journalists, most of them under 35 or 40. And they just keep pushing this stuff, pushing, pushing, pushing. And the question is how much you're going to take, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're really going to sit on your backsides during this midterm election, hoping for the perfect candidate, even though your candidate may not be perfect. I've told you before, where I live, I am voting for Barbara Comstock. I'm going to be the first one at the damn polls, and I'm voting for her. Not because I agree with her on everything, but because I know she's not one of them. This is a different election. The issue on the table. The issue on the table isn't some minor issue. The issue on the table is whether we're going to stand up to this crowd. That's the issue on the table. You've got Republicans all over this country who they're trying to take out. It's up to you to stop it. Can you imagine if the Republicans don't lose the House and pick up some seats in the Senate... Can you imagine what damage you will do to the left? Can you imagine what damage you'll do to this force? You should be the first ones at the polls on Tuesday morning. Or if there's early voting, you should have voted already. The left will. You should send a signal to Washington like they've never seen before. That 2016 was not an aberration. 2016 was not a mistake. 2016 is a pattern. That's what you need to show them. And trust me there are republicans i cannot stand. But look what's going on in our country here. Look what's going on. So much of what goes on in Washington is completely out of our control. But we still get the vote. We're really on defense here. The, the issue is whether they're going to do more damage than they've already done. We don't even fight the cause of liberty anymore. We don't even make any, any advances anymore. Right now, we're just trying to make sure we don't fall back any further. But that is our obligation to our children and our grandchildren. One and a half million people have died fighting for this country, as Matt Bevin explained on Sunday. You probably didn't see it. It was at 11 at night. That's the last time that's going to happen, at least as long as I'm a host. I can tell you that right now. If you missed that interview, this is a great governor of Kentucky, and he was terrific talking about our culture, our society, the election, all these things that relate to everybody in this country. The media in this country, while they claim to be Defending a free press. They're advancing us more and more towards totalitarianism. With their ideology, with their groupthink. With their smears, with their phony investigative reporting. To this day, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, have they ever done an examination of their finances? Have they ever done an examination of their deal with Netflix and their deal with their publisher? Making them... Worth a hundred million, a hundred and fifty million dollars. Has anyone even looked at that? No. They never looked at the Kennedys. They never looked at Lyndon Johnson, how he became a millionaire overnight. Harry Reid, nothing. Nothing. They say you women in the suburbs are going to vote Democrat or not at all. Is that true? They say, you couples in the suburbs with a college degree, that you're not going to vote for Republicans. That you're either going to sit home or vote Democrat. Is that true? You like what's happening to your country? Look around you. Look at your beautiful neighborhoods. Look at your beautiful homes. Look at your beautiful uh, uh, community. And you can't stand up for your country? It's really so horrible? I'll tell you what I think. They talk about social media, that social media has been a disaster for this country, the Internet in many respects, a disaster with all the negativity. They don't hold a candle to CNN and MSNBC. Bloggers, websites, they don't hold a candle to MSNBC and NBC. With the BS, (coughs) the BS that's burped up on those networks by truly stupid people day in and day out. I don't give a damn what Kavanaugh drank in high school and college. I don't give a damn that he threw ice at somebody whether he did or he didn't. I could care less. We have a $21 trillion debt. We have open borders. The Chinese military is on the move. Our grid is open to attack. Our police are under attack. Our Constitution is ignored. I don't give a damn about ICE. What do you think of that? And I don't give a damn about our president's finances, how he made money, how he lost money, how he made money. It's not even any of my business. It's not like he was tied to the mob like the Kennedys. Oh, yeah. New York Times will never do that story. Now, I got to do something I never thought I'd do. I got to give kudos to Mitch McConnell. Don't, Don't get carried away. Not generally. I think he's been lousy generally. But he's been very good on this issue with Kavanaugh. Very good. He hasn't buckled, not yet, and he went to the floor of the United States Senate today, and in part, here's what he said. Cut, five, go.
4: Of course, mere hours after Judge Kavanaugh was announced, my friend, the Democratic leader, made the announcement that has now become famous. I will oppose him with everything I've got, he said. And not long after that, another Democrat on the Judiciary Committee proclaimed that anyone supporting Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation was, quote, listen to this, complicit, in the evil complicit in the evil these statements are the context for every action the democrats have taken during this entire process these statements remind us democrats may be trying to move the goalposts every five minutes but their goal has not moved an inch they will not be satisfied unless they have brought down judge kavanaugh's nomination
1: Cut six, go.
4: Next, Democrats said the process should be delayed because too few documents were available from Judge Kavanaugh's past public service. Well, then they received the most pages of documents ever produced for a Supreme Court nomination. So guess what came next? The goalposts moved down the field and the Democrats called for delay because there were too many documents for them to read. I wish this fight could have remained in the realm of... Normalcy, But when none of these tactics worked, when Judge Kavanaugh demonstrated his widely acknowledged brilliance, open-mindedness, and collegiality at his confirmation hearings, some chose a darker road. The politics of personal destruction were willfully unleashed.
1: And cut seven.
4: But here's what we know, Madam President. One thing for sure. The Senate will vote on Judge Kavanaugh here on this floor this week. Here on this floor this week. Our Democratic friends will try to move the goalpost yet again. Just yesterday, they submitted a list of 24 people whom they wanted the FBI to interview. So I'm confident we'll hear that even the very same supplemental FBI investigation Democrats had so loudly demanded is now magically no longer sufficient. Well, after the FBI shares what they've found, senators will have the opportunity to vote. We'll have the opportunity to vote no on the politics of personal destruction. We'll have the opportunity to vote yes on this sign.
1: Nominee. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Mark
4: in Now, I
1: know you understand, but for some who listen who don't, when we're dealing with the progressive status, we're dealing with people who do not share our values. They do not share our values. I'm not talking about thou shalt not kill and that sort of thing. I'm talking about our values for freedom. I'm talking about our values for limited government. They do not share our values. They have embraced an alien ideology, and it is an alien ideology. And the question is, you know, to the the extent to which we are going to be able to defeat it in November... And uh, that's my concern, that you all need to turn out. If there's a Republican you don't like, just hold your nose and do it. But when it comes to Collins and Murkowski, I think we as a nation, there's anywhere from 8.5 to 10 million of you, that we as a nation need to watch them. And if they vote... Or do anything further that is uh, obstructive in this case, we need to defeat them in the next primary with a third party candidate. I don't much give a damn. I really don't. But that's what needs to be done. Now, Mr. Producer, would you please give me the name of a wonderful caller who's going to start us off really well here? Jane in New Jersey. On the great WABC. How are you?
5: I'm very well, Mark. Thank you. And I just want to say before I make my comment, I love Life, Liberty, and Levin. And I was mesmerized with your interview with John Voigt. And yes. I thought he was going to stumble a little bit, but I could not tear myself away from that interview because. It, it's so refreshing that you ask a question and the person actually has an opportunity to answer the whole question. You
1: know, you know. Let me let me tell you this, my friend. Excuse me, my microphone dropped here. Let me tell you this. I've tried to develop something unique here, which is a long-form interview program where you have one or two guests at most, and you ask a question, and you actually sit there and listen to the answer. And I listen to the person across from me, and I look them in the eyes. And I'm listening to every word they have to say. The next question isn't written down, ready to pounce. The next question may well be a question based on what they just said. And these are people that I'm bringing on the program who in many ways are unique or they have a side to them you haven't seen. Uh, we had a wonderful guest on Sunday. Unfortunately, it was at 11 p.m. Eastern, against my wishes. And it is a, it is a program, it is a format that some people... Uh, broadcast folks, executive folks, and other folks are just, they have trouble wrapping their mind around it. And yet when you look at it, not this Sunday, the Sunday before, we had the highest ratings of any show on the weekend on Fox, CNN, MSNBC. This isn't to brag. This is to make a point that this model works, that the audience is smarter than you think that the audience wants to hear people speak. And you don't have to just keep doing over and over and over again the same format, the same model, and just make it louder and louder as if that's going to make a difference. Anyway, go right ahead.
5: Well, you just touched on the comment I was going to make. I think the the problem with liberals in this country is they have it in their mind that they're morally and intellectually superior to the rest of us. And you see these debates on... Uh, those other stations that I don't watch, and they'll have 10, sometimes 12 people, and then other people standing behind them, and they're spewing all of their, uh, knowledge. And, you know, the the American people are just too stupid to get it. And if it wasn't for them, uh, we would be bumping into each other on the street. But I have news for them, and I, I, I believe this with all my heart. The American people are not dumb, we're not stupid we're able to take well control. some of
1: them are i mean after all how, how did schumer wind up in the senate but i get your point most of us are not
5: or menendez in new jersey but um, we 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 can think on our own we can see what's going on and with everyone that i speak with everyone is so fed up with this nobody even bothers to listen to it anymore so let them put out their hatred and their anger, I, I, I believe in the American spirit. I believe in, in their ability to d- discern right from wrong.
1: Well, I'm they're, all in favor of believing, but we better get off our butts and vote. Otherwise, none of this matters.
5: Well, in 2016, they had Hillary Clinton up by 16 points on Election Day. I'm well aware.
1: I, I understand that. But I'm, I am saying that we need to vote. And we cannot rely on what happened in 2016 and rely on what happened in 2010. Uh, these people are more fired up than before, and we need to be more fired up than them. That's the bottom line.
5: And we are. And tell your listeners to go out and vote. And I, I have a, a, this very great sense of calm. I was getting aggravated. I was getting to a point where I couldn't even watch the news anymore because I, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. But the more people I talk to... They feel exactly the way I do, and that's people in New Jersey, and this is a blue state. And I, well, I will find
1: don't... out. I've been involved in a lot of campaigns in New Jersey on this program, and I think we've lost every single one of them. So we'll see. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Look, I'm not I'm not against people being positive. But that's not enough. It's not enough to talk about 2016 and 2010 and the polls said that. I don't care about the polls. I don't care. We're talking about a battle that we're waging now. A battle. And the time to strike is when they think you're going to lose. The time to strike is when they think they've got the upper hand. That's the time to make sure. Look, here's how I view this. Every one of you listening to me right now, you're a precinct worker. For your family, for your friends for your colleagues, for your neighborhood. I don't mean formally. I just mean on Election Day, and it's t- its too early to say this, but I'll say it anyway. On Election Day, you make sure that the people you know who are going to vote the right way, vote. You get on the phone, or you're tapping them on the shoulder, and you say, you better vote, and you better vote now. We do that. We'll be okay. I'll be right back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN.
6: This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811.
1: All right, let's get some of your input here while we're at it. Corey Stewart, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Beautiful part of the country, by the way. You're on the air, Corey. Go right ahead.
3: Jensen Beach. Mark, I just
6: want to say to you real quick, at um, the beginning of your show, you do what you always do when you're educating us. You're very apologetic about the fact that you're giving us this great information, thinking you're going to lose your audience, and it's exactly the opposite. You know, we people like me listen to you 15 hours a week because you're cut above the rest in that regard, and you have so much information and knowledge to share with us that we can't get anywhere else. So,
1: well, you're we, very kind
6: thank he's you up, apologetic we love it and um i would even go as far to say if you were to designate an hour or two on certain spots of your show each week you'd probably find if you were to designate that time for the education that you give us you'd probably find that you had a bigger uh, audience during that those times well
1: periods. since we don't rate things that way it's kind of hard to know but anyway you go right ahead i want i thank you for your call i appreciate that
6: all right mark that's all i wanted to say a great show right. as always
1: god care. bless you corey you too very kind. Have you ever taken your car in for an oil change and the mechanic finds something wrong and surprised you're hit with a repair bill you didn't expect? It's happened to all of us, hasn't it? Well, when you have extended vehicle protection, like I do, uh, from Shield, well, what does that mean? It means you don't have to worry about those unexpected surprises anymore. Now, look, if your car breaks down after the manufacturer's warranty expires... You could be out-of-pocket thousands to get it fixed. Replacing your engine alone can cost thousands. Even a simple repair to a sensor can cost over $1,000. And there's nothing simple about today's cars. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Now, if your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like we do. Call 800 Car 6100 800 Car 6100 and mention code Levin. Or visit carshield.com, that's carshield.com, use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or 800-CAR-6100, code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. Janet, Los Angeles, California, the great K-R-L-A, go.
7: Hi, Mark. I just wanted to
1: they Or as we um, like to say, 870, the answer. Go ahead.
7: Yes, 870. Um, Judge Kavanaugh and his unfair treatment. I don't think people remember back in 2014, the Rolling Stone ran an article Mm -hmm. called Rape on Campus, where they basically destroyed an entire fraternity at the University of Virginia for a gang rape case that Mm -hmm. never happened. And yet everybody ran around saying... Forget this fraternity. These boys are terrible. They should go to jail, blah, 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 blah. And yet Rolling Stone had to settle over $4 million in defamation lawsuits. And again...
1: Let let me ask you a question as I listen to you. You bring up this case. You're not an old white male, are you? You sound like a young female. And I bring this up for a reason, because they, they bring race up every chance they get white liberals particularly bring up race every chance they get. Tell me, do you think the vast majority of women in this country are left-wing, that the vast majority of the women in this country agree with them? And how is it that that they presume to speak for all the women in this country on the left? How is it that Kamala Harris speaks for all the women in this country? How is it that that, uh, that uh, this, this fool uh, Blumenthal from K- uh, Connecticut speaks for all the women in this country. Since
7: when? I, I, since the last four years, it seems. But I'll tell you, it's frightening here on the left coast. I went to a speaking event that was run by the ex-president of Planned Parenthood in April up in San Francisco. And let me tell you. That was a frightening experience because all of the women in the audience were eating up everything she said that we need to take down the white Republican senators and lawmakers, and she's going to spend the next six months of her time after she...
1: You know, there, there is a great deal of sexism and racism in this country, and it's all coming from the left.
7: Well, you know, look at, look at the Me Too movement and Asia Argento. She had sex with a 17-year-old boy. She paid him off, and yet she was the forefront woman running around with the Me Too movement. And you know what? The liberals have given her a pass because even though she doesn't fit into their narrative, she was the one who started this fantastic movement. But we'll brush her aside. We'll forget about her, put her in a little drawer until we need her, and she gets a pass. And I just hope... That the conservatives and these Republican lawmakers wake up and get it. Back I, I don't and- think
1: they have. Can I tell you a little secret? You and eight to ten million other people, we have had very few conservatives running this election cycle, even asking to be on my program. What do you think of that, Jeanette?
7: I don't understand it. And you, you look—they're at- they're
1: running scared. How many of these people are actually running on their principles?
7: None. But these the Democrats will rally around they rally around Ellison. Whoa, so oh so there may have been some assault charges. Let's brush that aside. It came it was leaked yesterday to the Associated Press from their lawyer that they hired, lawyer Susan Ellingstad who has links to the Democratic Farm Labor Party and I quote An allegation standing alone is not necessarily sufficient to conclude that conduct occurred, particularly where the accusing party declines to produce supporting documentation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And tell me, where's Dr. Ford's supporting documentation?
7: It (laughs) exists.
1: All right, my friend. It's been an excellent call. You're very, very sharp. I appreciate it. Larry Evansville, Indiana, the great WGBF. Go. Go.
8: Thank you, Mark. Um, Earlier, you were talking about Federalist 10. Well, we know that. Well, you do. 222 years ago, Washington warned us. us. Basically, you know, his whole farewell address is very interesting and very important, but particularly, and I'm not going to go into it, but paragraphs 15 through 19, where basically in two words he told us to watch out. He told us about factions, and he told us about uh, those individuals that will use the engine to get into those unjust powers and then destroy the very engine that got them there. And so that, you know, 222-year-old warning to us has been has been happening with us.
1: And this, this is a great point, Larry. The world didn't begin today. Liberty didn't begin today. Tyranny didn't begin today. We have a lot to learn from the people who came before us and actually put their lives on the line. And, you know, confronting a senator at a restaurant or in an elevator is not exactly... Uh, a, a, a courageous task, but these are men and women who put their lives on the line. But look, look, Larry, look how they talk of them. Look how they talk of Washington and Jefferson and all the rest of them. They just dismiss them.
8: Well, exactly, and and we'll, and, and you can go back further than that. At the end of the uh, Constitution, Constitution Convention, which you brought up uh, so powerfully in the past. I don't know if the encounter actually took place, but it, but it supposedly took place between Link or uh, Benjamin Franklin and uh, Mrs. Elizabeth Powell. Uh, and he wasn't saying it to an old white person. He was saying it to a woman. And when she asked him, What do we have, a monarchy or a republic? He said, A republic, if you can keep it. So that warning came as well. And, and we're losing it. And to the greatest extent possible, we've already lost it.
1: I, I think we, we have lost a big chunk of it. And, you know, all the men who were thinkers and writers at that time, well, many of them, mason jefferson madison hamilton franklin and so forth they all said that what you need in order to keep a country is virtue do these people today on that committee sound virtuous to you sir
8: no and when you hold
1: on now hold on do these media types who go on and on and on do they sound virtuous to you sir not at all so we have a problem when our so-called leadership, certainly self-identified in the Senate and in the House and in the media, and also in our culture in Hollywood, simply have no virtue. They have no that's, decency.
8: That's correct. And it, it, you had mentioned it once before when you brought, you, you had alluded to it. But when I look into the eyes of these people, it's said that the, 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 the eyes are the mirrors to the soul. When I look into the eyes of these liberal Democrats and the feckless Republicans
9: I don't see anything. Hmm.
1: Thanks for your call, Larry. I said, Doctor Ford. When you go through her testimony, we did it when we listened to um, the prosecutor, Rachel Mitchell, asking questions, and she put out the memo which we discussed at length uh, yesterday and will on Levin TV tonight. That uh, Doctor Ford does not, in any way, have a credible case against Brett Kavanaugh. As I say, I do not doubt that she was molested, but not by him, because she hasn't presented anything, anything whatsoever that can be corroborated, nothing. Moreover, her own memory has failed her on key pieces of information, particularly as relates to corroboration. And her memory has failed her as recently as July of this year in her discussions with the Washington Post. Her memory failed her in terms of her willingness to fly. And I can go over a number of things. I didn't find her credible in the least when it comes to Brett Kavanaugh. And neither do the people on the left, which is why they're trying to destroy him independent of her allegations. With the most outrageous and stupid arguments imaginable. Digging up friends, quote-unquote. Digging up associates, quote-unquote. Well, he threw ice. Wow. Wow. Well, we'll send him to Guantanamo Bay, except we only send terrorists there, and the liberals hate it when we send terrorists there. So I guess we'll send Kavanaugh there. Do you notice how the left hates us more than they actually hate our enemies? you see how they hate Donald Trump more than they hate any other figure walking on the face of the earth? How they hate Kavanaugh more than they hate any terrorist, any mass murder, any of them. Look at the ACLU. The ACLU has disgraced itself. It's actually running ads comparing him to Bill Cosby, among others. The ACLU, you've exposed yourselves over there, boys and girls. Due process. Only for Nazis. Presumptions of of innocence. Only for Klansmen. But when it comes to Brett Kavanaugh, now nah, he's a real threat. Why? For the reasons I said in the first hour. He actually believes in the Constitution. I'll be right back.
0: love in.
1: By the way, I'm going to make a prediction out of left field. This will upset some people for sure. I think the Washington Redskins, or as I like to call them, the Redskins in Washington, I think they're going to be in the playoffs. What do you think of that? I know most of the country's upset with me, but I think they're that good right now. I know they had a bye week, but they look good. My Eagles... Well, they need a couple blockers, maybe another receiver, maybe another running back. I mean, they're really, really torn up and injured. But uh, I enjoy watching the Redskins. You know, my producer was such a fan of my X chair. We finally decided that it was time to get him his own X chair, and we did, and he loves it. Mr. Producer and I are different heights. I'm taller than he is, I'm proud to say. Yet how the X chair conforms to each of us to provide the same unbelievable level of support and comfort is really amazing. Now, he's physically feeling the difference. Less pain, more energy, better focus, more productivity. And he's a very productive guy. In fact, he's the best producer, period, as far as I'm concerned. You need to feel the X chair difference for yourself. And if you want to see how beautiful this amazing chair is, just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, to see the numerous different models that they have. Now, if you own uh, own a business, uh, take my advice. If you want happier, more productive employees, then consider getting X-Chairs to your entire staff. It's a very reasonable investment that will make huge dividends. X-Chairs on on sale right now. For $100 off. So go to xchairlevin.com. That's xchairlevin.com. Or even better, you give them a toll free call. It's easy. 1 844 4 xchair. That's it. 1 844 4 xchair. xchair comes with a 30 day, no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So there's no risk. Go to xchairlevin.com. And if you use code LEVIN FOOTREST that's LEVIN FOOTREST you'll even get a free footrest xchair.levin.com free footrest or give us a call they're there they're waiting 818444xchair I'm very blessed I have the best producer in radio I've got the best producers in TV the best call screener I've got the best of everything I can't just do this myself, you know. But we have the, I think, Mr. Producer, we probably have the smallest staff at National Radio. I have two. I have my executive producer, who's also the engineer, and Richie V., who's the coster. That's it. Then the great Darian Melito, who's also our affiliate guy, of course. But I'm talking about actual, on radio, two. Because I do my own research. Mr. Producer's out there looking for audio. I find audio from time to time, but I do my own research because I know what I'm trying to get a look at, and I fire them off. Mr. Producer, I fire them off. He collects them all, and then at the end of the day, I say, all right, send me everything. We've got this worked out pretty good, don't we, Rich? Is it 17 years now? Holy mackerel. Nobody even says holy mackerel anymore. All right, let's go. Victoria, McKinney, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hi, Mark. Hello. It's
10: just a real pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Um, The reason I was calling is I I just had a quick comment. Actually, a couple of them. I had an epiphany today for an old person. I just was thinking about in the news um, sometime back when Obama... Um, was in office, and they talked about his high school years. And if you recall, I think that he had admitted to um, to doing some cocaine back in the day. Um,
1: Yeah, he was a cokehead.
10: Yeah, exactly.
1: And a pothead.
10: My point. Um, Judge Kavanaugh is the best. Um, You can tell it. You can tell the guy is sincere and honest, and it makes me emotional, and I'm sorry. But I'm going to vote, and I urge everybody out there, get out there and vote, because I'm as fired up about this election as I was when Trump ran.
1: Mm -hmm. So
10: thank you for listening to me, and I'm sorry.
1: No, No, don't be sorry, Victoria. Thank you. You know, uh, over the weekend, Uh, I was in Florida looking after my parents. And uh, at night, when I left them and I went back to my home in Florida, I was thinking a lot about the Kavanaugh situation, not in the way that all the talking heads were. And I said, what really bothers me about this? What is it, Mark? It's the injustice of it and how they forced a grown man a federal appeals court judge with an unbelievable professional reputation how they forced that man to cry in front of the nation I will never forgive them for this ladies and gentlemen I will never forgive them for this I'll be right back
0: Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, I mentioned to you that the New York Times, and you probably hear this all over the news because it's so incestuous, has a story out now. If you go on their website, they're very clever, they think. Uh, they keep having a picture of his father and then superimposing Donald Trump on his father's face. Because the New York Times, if it's anything, it's objective. Not. And then the headline of the piece is, Trump engaged in suspect tax schemes as he reap riches from his father. Now, the Democrats have been saying that they're going to get a hold of Trump's taxes should they take over the House. And you can see how they work hand in glove with the media. And so, what is a president to do? What is a person like Donald Trump to do with an article like this that goes on and on and on? And You can't win. You can't win. Because what are you going to do? put out a 30,000-word uh, a apiece denying it all? And then they come back and hit you again? I told you this was a coup, and that's exactly what it is. But let's, let's uh, the sub-headline, the president has long sold himself. Now, see, this is a new story. The president has long sold himself as a self-made billionaire. But a Times investigation found that he received at, last four, at least $413 million in today's dollars from his father's real estate empire, much of it through tax dodges in the 1990s. I'm surprised he didn't go back to his high school years. Now, the New York Times is located in New York City, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump's empire is located in New York City. Donald Trump's been there a long time. He's well known in New York City. You may have seen his names on a few buildings, as a matter of fact probably saw him on TV for a period of time. But the New York Times is writing this now. Really? President Trump participated in dubious tax schemes during the 1990s, including instances of outright fraud that greatly increased the fortune he received from his parents, an investigation by the New York Times has found. Mr. Trump won the presidency, proclaiming himself a self-made billionaire, and he has long insisted that his father, the legendary New York City builder Fred C. Trump, provided almost no financial help. But the Times investigation, based on a vast trove of confidential tax returns and financial records, reveals yep. that Mr. Trump received the equivalent today of at least $413 million from his father's real estate empire— Starting when he was a toddler and continuing to this day. Now, you got to stop and ask yourself, apart from the uh, slings and arrows here, how the hell did they get his confidential tax information? He's not a public corporation. Where did this come from? Did it come from the U.S. Attorney's Office? Did it come from the Attorney General of New York's office? Did it come from the local DA? All of whom, or some of whom and been demanding, apparently, documents from Trump World? It doesn't get any worse than this, folks. It surely does not. Much of this money came to Trump because he helped his parents dodge taxes. That's at least the fourth time they've used dodge taxes in this, and I'm only on the, uh, let's see, third paragraph. He and his siblings set up a sham, second-time sham, corporation to disguise millions of dollars in gifts from their parents' records and interviews show. Records indicate Mr. Trump helped his father take improper tax deduction worth millions more. He also helped formulate a strategy to undervalue his parents' real estate holdings by hundreds of millions of dollars on tax returns, sharply reducing the tax bill when those properties were transferred to him and his siblings. Listen to this. These maneuvers met with little resistance from the Internal Revenue Service, the Times found. Little resistance from the Internal Revenue... In other words, do you think for two seconds, if the IRS thought that any of this was illegal, that they wouldn't be resisting it? The president's parents, Fred and Mary Trump, transferred well over a billion dollars in wealth to their children, which could have produced a tax bill of at least $550 million under the 55% tax rate then imposed on gifts and inheritances. Now that is absurd. You have all kinds of deductions over a period of time. You have what's called adjusted gross income. So you don't just apply the 55% tax rate. But the Trumps paid a total of $52.2 million, or about 5% tax records show. The president declined repeated requests over several weeks to comment for this article. But a lawyer for Mr. Trump, Charles Harder, provided a written statement on Monday, one day after the Times sent a detailed description of its findings. The New York Times' allegations of fraud and tax evasion are 100% false and highly defamatory, Mr. Harder said. There was no fraud or tax evasion by anyone. The facts upon which the Times bases its false allegations are extremely inaccurate. So somebody, somebody, it looks like, not reading further because I don't care to... Committed a crime or some entities or individuals, group of them committed a crime by releasing somebody's confidential tax information. You know, this really is kind of Stalinist stuff. It's really grotesque. They have your health records. They have your financial records. You have to give them under penalty of perjury or or they'll come after you. You give them in and then, then they're leaked. The IRS didn't claim anything. Oh, the IRS just turned a blind eye, don't you know, ladies and gentlemen? Because we all know Donald Trump controlled the IRS in the 1990s. How ridiculous. And notice the New York Times never produces something like this on the Clinton Foundation and Library. Right? On the nuclear deal. 20% of the uranium. The speeches and all the red—no, no, 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 bother. The Clintons, no, no way. Harder sought to distance Mr. Trump from the tax strategies used by his family, saying the president had delegated those tasks to relatives and tax professionals. Well, of course he did. You're not distancing yourself. It's the same exact way the family that owns the New York Times handles it. They don't do their own taxes. President Trump had virtually no involvement whatsoever with these matters, he said. The affairs were handled by other Trump family members who were not experts themselves and therefore relied entirely upon the aforementioned licensed professionals to ensure full compliance with the law. Why doesn't the New York Times accept that point? Even as they go on, they can't accept that point? That Trump didn't do his own taxes? And that he relied on professionals and others? The president's brother, Robert Trump, issued a statement on behalf of the Trump family. Our dear father, Fred Trump, passed away in June 1999. Our beloved mother, Marianne Trump, passed away in August 2000. All appropriate gift and estate tax returns were filed and the required taxes were paid. Our father's estate was closed in 2001 <coughs> by both the IRS and the New York State Tax Authorities, and our mother's estate was closed in 2004. Our family, is no other comment on these matters that happened some 20 years ago. and would appreciate your respecting the privacy of our deceased parents. May God rest their souls. <laughs> Jeez, I tell you. But the IRS looked the other way, ladies and gentlemen. There's no explanation for that. The IRS didn't look the other way. But look at these hit-and-run things. I see Jim Jordan here. Remember how they tried to destroy Jim Jordan? Whatever happened to that? They hammered him for about a month and then walked away. Hammered him for about a month and then walked away. No even allegation that he was involved in anything untoward. They claim he looked the other way when boys were being molested by whomever there. And uh, he said, "I I don't even know what they're talking about. Didn't matter. He wanted to be speaker and they didn't want him to be speaker. Trump's president, they don't want him to be president. <clears throat> now you watch the Democrats wave this article around. You see, we need the tax returns. And then watch some of these these wimps on cable TV who you think are on your... Yes, I uh, I think they should release them, just to be careful. I mean, the president, if he has nothing to hide, of course. This is how it's done. This is how you destroy people. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Lubin.
1: I read most of the New York Times article during the break. Yes, I read very quickly. And uh, just trashing the president, trashing his family, trashing his father. Just uh, really quite repulsive. Then they cherry-picked their commentators like some law professor who was an expert on gift taxes and so forth. Well, what exactly did they give the law professor to look at? So this is all intended to generate demands or to support the demands by Democrats on Capitol Hill for the president's tax returns, going back 20 years, 30 years, whatever is necessary. They are are really seeking to destroy anyone who disagrees with them, anyone who wins an election with whom they disagree, anybody who might go on the Supreme Court with whom they disagree, This is all-out political warfare now, ladies and gentlemen. It is all-out political warfare. There's no question in my mind about this. And the things that some of these media types say on TV uh, really are, I'm concerned, spurring violent behavior and will spur more violent behavior. These politicians being chased into restaurants. You know, I find certain politicians on Capitol Hill contemptible. I would never go into a restaurant and confront them or disrupt their dinner, anything of the kind. And neither would you. It's a totally different mindset. I wouldn't go to a protest with a bag of with a sock full of uh, pennies or coins or rocks or whatever for the purpose of slamming somebody in the back of the head. Would you? I, I think that uh, what the left has reaped is upon us. I really believe that. And we're always on defense. They're never on defense. Jonathan, Lexington, Kentucky. The great WVLK. Go.
11: Hey, Mark. How are you doing today?
1: Very well. Thank you, sir.
11: So I wanted to come in and talk, come on and talk about my governor. Matt Devon, so I don't have cable, so I wasn't able to watch your show, but I caught snippets, and let me just say, he's doing a bang-up job. That doesn't even your interview doesn't even clip the tip of the iceberg, but well, let me
1: let me just say one of the reasons I was disappointed at the time it was aired, among many, is uh, I believe this man is presidential material, and I think uh, great. Uh, disservice was done to you, to me, to him on Sunday night. I think he's presidential material, and I uh, I thought he demonstrated that during the course of the interview, and uh, he was talking about the national scene and so forth. It wasn't a parochial uh, interview of any kind, uh, but he's got charisma. He's extremely articulate. He's very conservative. Outstanding.
11: Uh, I was saying during the primaries that if we fused Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, it'd be Matt Devin. He had... Uh rock-ripped conservative values of Ted Cruz, but the straightforward attitude of Donald Trump. But despite that, no matter who I talk to in Kentucky, everyone hates him for some reason.
1: Uh, well, I'll tell you why. And I don't know about everyone, because he's taking on, you've got a disastrous pension situation. You're the worst in the entire country, worse than New York, Illinois, and California. Uh, he pushed for right to uh, uh, right to work in your state. Uh, he's pushed to, uh, to cut spending and cut taxes. So he's doing all those things uh, where the entrenched uh, left and their uh, supporters in government and in the media oppose. So he's being trashed. But but he really is terrific in many respects.
11: And I'm so grateful that you said that, because people need to hear this. And if we elect him out next year, then shame on us. We don't deserve someone as great as he does. He.
1: All right, Jonathan, thank you for your call. Let's go to John, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go.
2: Hey, Mark. Welcome home to Philadelphia. How are you?
1: Thank you, buddy. I'm great. Thank you.
2: Good, good. Yeah, it's like no one eats unless Kathy Griffin says it's okay, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So
1: I'm. Where where in Philadelphia are you right now? Where are you from?
2: I'm north of Philadelphia. I'm in Mercer County, New Jersey. So Mercer, Bucks, New Hope area.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Real nice. Nice.
1: Delaware. Delaware River.
2: Yeah, Indian summer. So we're enjoying yep. ourselves.
1: All right, go right ahead.
2: So the Democrats have something that's working. I mean, they used this in the general; it almost worked against Trump. They improved it and squeaked by in the Alabama Senate special election, and now they're trying to perfect it against Kavanaugh. And I, I really don't see how to counter it yet, unless it's financials. If they can go after somebody else's financials, because it seems you know people either hung up on sex or on money, and. It's right. a toss-up, so I, I'm looking for a way to 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 beat this back. You
1: just fight them with the truth. That's all you can. That's yeah, you I mean, it reminds
2: me of the story of the king. You know, when they they had the new crop of the grain came in, and you know he started feeding it to people. They all started going insane. And he was like, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do?" They had some grain left over from last year, and uh, you know, you set aside some people to make sure they only ate last year's grain. But these Democrats are certainly eating this year's grain. It's just really discouraging. So. Yeah, I'll let you go. I love your show. Try try and, and keep later.
1: your chin up. Keep keep duking it out. All right, John. I appreciate your call. Let's continue. Gordon, Salem, Oregon. The Great KSLM. Go.
0: Hey Mark, I really appreciate what you're doing. I love the uh, segment at the bottom of the first hour about the Federalist Papers.
1: Yeah,
0: and I wanted to add one thing to that. Yeah. Uh. John Adams understood that uh, even republicanism, that they were coming up with wasn't enough, when he said that uh, <clears throat> our Constitution wasn't made for or was made only for a moral and religious people and wholly inadequate to the governance of any other. I think he really he nailed that. I
1: agree, but it doesn't do us good. any damn good. We're living in the middle of this thing, and we're trying to save it, right?
0: Right, and that's, that's why we need to get, get people back to religion and morality. Uh, but I also had a, a question uh, You know, from the Kavanaugh thing, just watching all that nonsense. I'm uh, wondering, how many people would we have in politics if teen foolishness disqualified them?
1: Well, we'd have very few on the Republican side. On the Democrat side, how many people would your politics of adult foolishness uh, define them? And I think every damn one of them. Thank you for your call, my friend. And the worse, the higher up the Democrat chain they go. Bill Clinton's accused of rape. They nominate him for president. Ted Kennedy, which uh, hap doesn't require any further explanation. Uh, he's the darling of the left and always will be. Right? We can go right down the list. The White House has responded uh, to this New York Times hit. Fred Trump has been gone for nearly 20 years, and it's sad to witness this misleading attack against the Trump family by the failing New York Times. Many decades ago, the IRS reviewed and signed off on these transactions. The New York Times and other media outlets' credibility with the American people is at an all-time low because they are consumed with attacking the president and his family instead of reporting the news. The truth is the market is at an all-time high, unemployment is at a 50-year low, taxes for families and businesses have been cut, wages are up, and so forth and so on. Perhaps another apology from the New York Times, like the one they had to issue after they got the 2016 election so embarrassingly wrong, is in order. Twenty years ago... We don't know why the IRS didn't look at it. They gave it a pass, says the New York Times. Isn't this fascinating? Now, who's going to do a, an anal exam of the Schulberger family, the Schulzbergers of the New York Times? I'm just curious. Won't be me, I can tell you that.
2: The Voice of Sanity in an Insane World. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Is
1: there any place that teaches young adults to seek what is true, beautiful, and good, to even understand what those things mean? How about understanding the principle that all men are created equal, or why America is the world's freest nation? There is a place where students study these things. It's Hillsdale College. And by putting in the work to understand uh, essential truths, students graduate ready to lead in any field of their choosing. And at Hillsdale, students learn what it means to be a good citizen. We can learn this too, you know. Hillsdale offers its stellar education to you through the free monthly subscription to Imprimus and in free online courses like Constitution 101. The fact is, every American can learn like a Hillsdale student from the same professors. And most remarkably of all, Hillsdale provides this service to our nation without taking a single penny of taxpayer money, not one penny. I encourage you to learn how Hillsdale can serve you at a website just for you, my listeners. LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. LevinforHillsdale.com. I've got one of my buddies on now. He is a buddy. Steve Ducey of Fox & Friends. Steve, how are you, sir?
6: Mark, I'm great. Thank you very much. How are you? It's an honor to be on your program.
1: Well, it's a great pleasure. Hey, every three years come hell or high water. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, you guys are always very kind to me over at Fox and Friends, and we very much appreciate that.
6: Well, you're part of the family. You're part of the Fox family when you're not part of your radio family. You're a busy guy.
1: I got a lot of families, my brother. Anyway, uh, well, that's true. Uh, By the way, your son is a terrific journalist. I mean, he's a real journalist, isn't he?
6: You know, he really is. Uh, some people will say, hey, you know, Steve, you, uh, your son is better than you because he just gives the news. And it's like, wait, I I used to do the news and now I'm kind of an opinion guy. So I, that's a great compliment.
1: You always want people to say that, don't you, about your own kids? I Absolutely. mean, yeah, that means you're very successful. You and your beautiful wife, Kathy. Now, I want to talk to you about a few things here. OK, P- people are going to think this is interesting or unusual. The breaking news, which isn't news at all, this massive long hit on Donald Trump and his father and his family on taxes, which is really another setup for the Democrats. They've been chomping at the bit on this. But I want to start with something else. You have a brand new cookbook out, the happy cookbook, (laughs) don't you? You and your wife.
6: Well, you know what, Mark, there's a there's a uh, a connection to the uh, the Trump story, and that is, according to the New York Times, uh, Trump and his family, going way back, have been cooking the books. And I've oh, book yeah. got a book all about cooking. And, <laughs> you know, life is too short. What did I just hear from somebody? They said, you know, politics are transitory, but food is forever. And uh, my wife and I, for the last, I don't know, three or four years, have been writing a cookbook Uh, with the foods that make America happy. Because it all started when, uh, a couple of years ago, my wife started to realize, wait a minute, why do I even ask you what you want for your birthday meal? Because I know it's, you want me to make your mom's pot roast, you know, the one with the Lipton onion soup and the cream Mm. of mushroom soup, and you cook it all day, and she makes a, a German chocolate cake. And when I walk in the house, Mark, after she's been cooking that all day, it just brings a smile to my face, because it immediately transports me back to, you know, 50 years in reverse. Suddenly I'm mm-hmm. eight years old again. I'm um, in that little house on Margaret Street in Russell, Kansas, and it's a happy place. And everybody, mm-hmm. it seems, that whom I've talked to has a happy food. I, I asked Dr. Oz, I said, that, you know, I figured his was uh, kale something. But yeah, exactly. it, as it turns out, it's it's a German chocolate cake. Or Sean Hannity, uh, I asked him what he liked, and he said, of all the foods, corn, beef, and cabbage. And, <laughs> and the you know, here's a guy, he could have steak every meal. Uh,
1: but I, I happen to know that's not true. Well, ex- he <laughs> eats steak every damn meal. That I happen to know, as a matter of fact. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs>
6: Really does, yes. but here's the thing: he loves uh, corned beef and cabbage because that's what he used to make when he was like 12 years old,
2: mm-hmm.
6: uh, or 13 years old, when he worked out at that Norwood Inn where he was a short order cook uh, for years, making like uh, 2.75 an hour. He got to make that and lobster and and steaks, and he he learned how to cook. And when he Wants a happy meal. He will go and he will boil up a corned beef and cabbage. And so anyway, we we put together a bunch of the stories of of uh, people and their happy foods and their sweet stories. A lot of them are really funny. And uh, we put it together. Came out today. It's doing great. Uh, the Happy Cookbook. Let a me let me ask for the you food this: To make America smile. It's, it's
1: a great the Happy Cookbook, and we have it up on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Get it on Amazon, any major bookstore. But it is. It's a nice, you know, diversion from all the stuff that's going on. But I didn't know you know Greg Norman.
6: Greg Norman? Uh, actually, just between you and me. Yes. Uh, my wife and I spend a lot of time down uh, in the Jupiter, Florida area. Now, uh, well,
1: don't give away your address, for God's sakes.
6: No, no. Jupiter, Florida is large. Yes. Um, and so I, we have met uh, Greg Norman through Fox & Friends. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll go down there every once in a while, and he's got a little golf course that we'll play at, and Mm -hmm. he's a very nice guy. And one of his recipes is in the cookbook, and he loves this thing called crispy crackling pork loin, which is you take a pork loin, and you've got to get a special cut because uh, most pork loins don't have skin on it. But you need the skin because you put it in a 500-degree oven, and you just absolutely nuke the thing. You cook it for three hours. And the skin becomes so crackly, it's a delicacy. And I was uh, talking to Stuart Varney. I said, "Stuart, what's yours?" And I was expecting something completely different. Fish and said,
1: chips, I would think, uh, very yeah. greasy.
6: <laughs> I was expecting something British, uh, but he said exactly the same thing. And apparently, it's a it's a, an English thing. It's popular in Australia, and so uh, that's one of the recipes in the uh, in the cookbook. It, in fact, it's on the back cover. The darn thing. Beautiful.
1: You've got a lot of very cool recipes in here, uh, by you and your wife too, which is uh, which is really something worth uh, looking. Now, let me ask you a question here. Yes, sir. New York Times comes up with this long article, and I've now read most of it. Really trashing the president, trashing his father, trashing the, making these 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 broad statements about how they're essentially tax cheats going back twenty more than twenty years. And um, and they and they basically blow off the IRS. They said, well, the Internal Revenue Service basically, you know, looked the other way and so forth. No, the Internal Revenue Service doesn't look the other way. Right. And this is a huge, uh, you know, family business. It's a privately held business. I don't know how they got access to all this stuff. I don't know if it was in the... Uh, in the filings with the estate or, or whatever it was, but they're trashing Trump as he's not a self-made man. And look at all the money he got when he was a kid and, and on and on and on. This is really a setup, isn't it, for the Democrats who keep saying we want Trump's taxes and they're kind of hand in glove working with each other here in a political way?
6: But that's their playbook. That's all yeah. they've got. I mean, they're still... Litigating the 2016 election They cannot believe they lost to this guy And why did they lose to him? Because he cheated And he didn't just cheat at you know colluding with the Russians He cheated his entire business career And his family cheated His dad cheated. They screwed people in the welfare uh, system so that they would get rich. And, you know, the allegation is, you know, he had said that he started, Donald Trump did, with just a million of his father's dollars. But, you know, this story says, oh, what are they talking about? I think I I read $415 million is what his dad gave him. So he wasn't a self-made guy. He was uh, beholden to his father, who was a cheater as well crazy but you know let's let's see what the facts are right now it's just one of these allegations that's been leaked to a major but, it, but isn't this the problem the
1: isn't this the problem a huge article yes one allegation after another and what are we going to spend the next six weeks on this right through the uh, midterm elections it's all time though i don't ever remember anything like this on the kennedy family or how lbj became a multimillionaire. just a Poor man, they, they got elected to the Senate, he dies. A multi-multi-millionaire. I mean, so much. And and Trump makes all this money before he even enters the presidency. And they just can't wait to get their hands around his neck.
6: How many times, Mark, have we seen in the last year, because it's been very effective, that uh, members of the left and uh, Democrats in particular have uh, have worked with politicians. You, you want to talk about uh, collusion. Look at the link between the press and some uh, liberal uh, Democrats. For instance, uh, I was watching the special report program on Fox News tonight, and, and a uh, young correspondent who uh, used to live at my house, uh, Peter Doocy, the, who you were talking about a minute ago, yes. he's out in Montana, and he was covering the story about uh, the re-election campaign of John Tester. And John Tester's got a problem right now because a lot of Montanans are veterans, and they don't like... What he did to dr Ronnie Jackson, who was the president 's pick to run the VA, because if you remember, John Tester leaked these uh, allegations, unfounded allegations, uh, I think he first started out uh, on the floor of the Senate, or it was in a committee hearing. He had these pages of stuff about how Ronnie Jackson was a drunk and he crashed a car someplace, and he did these inappropriate things, and he was giving people pills and all that stuff. And you know what? Then it got into the bloodstream of the media, and everybody was talking about it. And the White House came out, uh, like, within a day and said, look, we've done uh, an investigation. We can't find anywhere that he crashed the car or these other allegations. But the damage was done, and he was dead. It was a kill shot, and it all started with unfounded allegations. And that brings us right to where we are today. How many times have we seen these things? And it's just they keep doing it because it's working.
1: Well, I want to recommend that people have a little diversion here. This is a really wonderful uh, cookbook, and uh, it's a wonderful thing to put on your cocktail table, too. You and your <laughs> wife are on the cover. The Happy Cookbook, Steve and Kathy Ducey. I want to wish you all the best with this.
6: Thank you. Great one, Mark All right.
1: God bless you.
6: God bless you.
1: All right. Steve Ducey, actually a really, really nice guy, too, and his wife is, too. I've met her some time ago. Wonderful family it's a great show, isn't it, Fox and Friends? But all you folks out there, this is a fantastic cookbook. My wife has this cookbook. I kid you not. She has this cookbook. It comes out today. Uh, we got it, what, three, four days ago. I'll be right back.
0: love, in.
1: the book is The Happy Cookbook by Steve and Kathy Ducey. It is filled with great recipes. Fascinating recipes, too. By some famous people and by them. And everyday entrees are in there. Um, It's just uh, I think my wife's going to go to town with this book. I don't cook. My son's a big cook. My wife's a big cook. Others in the family, big cooks. My mother-in-law and so forth. Me, I just like to eat. But that's important, too. Otherwise, why cook? But this is really a cool book. The Happy Cookbook, Steve and Kathy Ducey. My wife, Julie, really, really likes it a lot, and she just got it. You know, now that I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for several years, I've got the thinking, has there ever been a better mattress? No, not for me, and not for you either. I'm telling you, it helps get me to great night's sleep every night. Now, once you try Casper, you're going to love yours, too. Casper is a high-quality mattress at an affordable price. I sleep cool and comfortably every night thanks to the unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how-they-do-that-size box. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything, so there's absolutely no risk. Here's what you do. You get the bed. You get the mattress. That is, you... You take your mattress off the bed, you lean it against the wall, you put the Casper on your bed and try it. And they'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. So from its engineering to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews of all their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. Now put Casper to test in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free, as I just said. Go to Casper.com and use code MARK. For fifty dollars towards the purchase of select mattresses, that's Casper.com code Mark. For fifty bucks towards the purchase of select mattresses, Casper.com terms and conditions apply. All right, let us go to Marcus Broad Run, Virginia. The great W M A L. Go.
3: Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, sir. I, I talked to you once before, you know, about mm-hmm. the tariffs, but this this Kavanaugh stuff is there's no way that we can let this stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just going to do this. They they already do it, and they keep doing it, and and they just can't stand a vote. And, and, let, and let's over. be clear.
1: Let's be clear about something, though, Marcus. But for the three Republican stooges, Flake, Collins, and Murkowski, this would have been done already.
3: They better vote yay, because... Uh,
1: they better vote it, yay, or for the first time in my life, I'm taking a trip to Alaska during that primary. Maybe I'll head up to Maine. These aren't exactly places I go often, but uh, what the hell?
3: Yeah, Fox News tonight says uh, George Soros is uh, funding these protesters, you know, that are accosting the one that, that got flaking the elevator. Oh, with,
1: yeah. With. and she And she was also part of this left-wing group, so... I know the New York Times has never done a full, big spread on George Soros and his finances and how he undermines countries, uh, because they like that.
3: Oh, it's all their narrative. It's them and the media.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you know, the tipping point, it's just like in your book, Liberty and Tyrity. All all empires fall from within. Mm Mm-hmm. And Thomas Jefferson warned us about this. Yeah. And the left has gone so crazy that... uh, this, you know, if they get power, if they get power back, they're just going to drown us. This man came in, this is what he gets for doing what he said he was going to do. I mean, he's fixing trade deals, he's, he's trying to get peace with North Korea, and all this stuff, ISIS, and, and, and nobody gives a damn. Here, here's pun- the
1: thing, this so-called free press is doing everything they possibly can to destroy this presidency, to burden this republic. And that's not what a free press is supposed to do. That's not what a free press is supposed to do. Go out of their way to try and destroy a presidency. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Let us go to uh, Fred, Houston, Texas, on Sirius Satellite. Go ahead, Fred.
9: Hello, Mark. Um, you've given us a lot to think about tonight. What I wanted to do is make a comment and then a couple of suggestions on maybe long-term, short-term, what can be done about this what, what else well, do we're going to
1: run out of time, so go for okay.
9: it. Well, well, number one, we've had unpopular presidents before, and then I don't think ours is unpopular now. But think about you know, Nixon and LBJ. We had lot, we had you know, a lot of unrest. Yeah, but we've never, we've
1: never had this concerted effort to take out a president. I mean, even before he takes office, I have never yeah, seen so this you, before.
9: No, no, we have not. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. But as far as I can recall. And the government still functioned properly. The, uh, we still uh, appointed Supreme Court nominees. Um, yeah, and, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, but I actually think we're being very, very badly hurt now. Uh, the Chinese, I did an entire show on this <coughs> on Fox early on. I've done several on Levin TV and on this radio program. The Chinese are on the move. They're going to surpass us. Even, even uh, these defense officials are saying now in 20 years uh, they're, they're going to have a military that is... Significantly bigger than ours now, and here we are piddling around with uh, whether some guy threw ice and some. I, I mean, this this is really really damaging stuff. What's being done to us right now? It's distracting the American people.
9: Okay, um, let me make a, let me make a couple of suggestions. I was trying to think short term. All I could think of is where are our you know, elder statesmen, quote unquote? And certainly, I mean, even what they go all the way back to Jimmy Carter would. All of them. They certainly have to look at this and see what's going on, and be saying, "Hey, wait a minute! I'd sure like to hear something, but I'm not hearing boo." But longer term, I keep coming back to articles. Yes, you
1: are. You heard George W. Bush trash Trump. You heard Obama trash Trump. Clinton trash Trump. That, that's where our elder statesmen are. Anyway, sir, I have to run. That's what that music means. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE Border Patrol, all law enforcement. Please check out Levin TV tonight, 844-LEVIN-TV. It's a great one. We have wonderful shows for you. There's 20 of us. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.